Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Scranton Danny here on 106.7 The Fan. We're simulcasted over on our sister station, the Team 980, and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, sitting in for Grant Danny here on this President's Day. As the fellas get a little bit of a rest. Is there a minutes restriction going on for the oldest in charge, Grant Danny? I'll be back with you tomorrow, same place, same time, right here on The Fan. Right now, though, I want to continue our conversation surrounding the quarterback position here in Washington. We've said it, if you're listening to me on overtime, all offseason long, right? We as fans here in Washington are 110% at the mercy of the evaluator this offseason when, when it comes to the decision-making, ultimately, at the quarterback position. There's so many different options they can exhaust. There's so many different avenues they could go down. We're trying to get to the bottom of it here. Right now, I want to go out to the BetQL guest hotline. This is where we find our pal Eric Eager, the VP of Sumer Sports. Make sure you tap into sumersports.com for the best in-class quantitative analysis aimed at creating precision in player acquisition and roster management in the National Football League. Make sure you tap in to the Sumer Sports Show podcast as well with Eric Eager and former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov. Double E, what's going on, my man? How are you? Well, now it's good to chat with you. Uh, hopefully, Grant and Danny can still win MVP uh, despite all this uh, load management they have. I was about to say, man, they got to meet that 65-game minimum, baby. But, no, I wanted to bring you on because, obviously, I love the way that you view football and the lens that you view it through. You understand that it's not a linear sport. There are so many different, uh, there are so many different factors and variables that will, you know, change outcomes when it comes to the National Football League, specifically at the quarterback position, Eric. And throughout the entire three hours to the show at this point, man, we've been trying to sift through all of Washington's different options at the quarterback position. With the thought in mind, though, Eric, that this isn't a one-size-fits-all situation, especially when you consider the track record of the new general manager here in D.C., Adam Peters. We saw him build two championship contenders in San Francisco doing it complete opposite ways at the quarterback position. The first time around, you got a veteran in Jimmy Garoppolo. Then they made the big-time trade to go acquire Trey Lance. This time around, though, obviously, you got Brock Purdy under center, Mr. Irrelevant. With all that being said, knowing all the data that you got to work with here, how do you think Washington should ultimately address the quarterback position? Yeah, it's a really good question, right? Because you have, you know, the opportunity, right, to pair Caleb Williams with a coach in Cliff Kingsbury who he has experience with um, and a guy that, uh, you know, who has taken a, a, a guy like uh, Kyler Murray 
uh, in Arizona. Everybody looks at Cliff's uh, time in Arizona negatively, but that was an offense in 2018 with Steve Wilkes and Sam Bradford and uh, and, and um, uh, uh, Josh Rosen. Yes. That was like bottom like part of the it. league. Yeah, bottom part of the league and about a half a yard worse than every any other team in football. He got them up to middle of the pack by year two, top part of the league and in the playoffs by year three. There is you know some cachet there. Uh, if he wants to go and get a quarterback that he's comfortable with, it's going to be expensive. Uh, but as we've seen with some players, you know, if he is of the Andrew Luck, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, Peyton Manning type of ilk, it doesn't really matter what's around him. Um, but at the same time, you know, this Washington team doesn't have a ton of talent. Uh, the right. offensive line was really poor a year ago. They're okay at wide receiver. They're pretty good at running back. Um, so there, there is some things to work with. But if they want to go get Caleb, you know, they're, they're, they have the means to do so. And I think Chicago really does kind of like want to trade back because they, they, they've you know, gotten the, the sniff of what it's like to build a roster with trades. And I <laughs> think that is available to them. Um, if they want to go with the second guy, there's a real choice. And I think if you looked at the betting markets, uh, you know, the second pick was, was Drake May as a favorite early on. But you look at a lot of mock drafts now, uh, and a lot of people want Jaden Daniels. And so there's going to be a real push and pull between whether you want a guy who was far more productive in college and Jaden Daniels, um, but maybe doesn't have the traits. He's not as heavy. He's not as, um, you know, he, he takes more sacks, a career 24% sack to pressure ratio um, to Drake May, who's heavier and bigger and has an 18% pressure, uh, sack to pressure ratio behind an offensive line like that. So it's really a good question. I think uh, Washington fans, after years and years, of having to deal with a lot of melees, uh, new ownership, uh, new head coach and Dan Quinn, who as a person I really like quite a bit, uh, Adam Peters, who's done a great job. I think this is going to be an intellectually fun offseason for Washington because uh, I think that there's a lot to like about any one of the choices they can make. And I'm glad you brought that up, Eric. This is not some linear situation, and I think based off the track record of Peters, it really makes you curious and scratch your head because what did he learn from and what was he burned and scorned from? When you look at Washington itself, and, and you mentioned yourself that they don't you know, have the most talent on offense or defense for that matter. Am I crazy for thinking this, though? With the coaching staff trio that they've got with Cliff Kingsbury, Anthony Lynn, and Brian Johnson, I think it's the best landing spot for a young quarterback in the NFL to come in and hit the ground running based on what they've got teaching them. Oh, I think I think so. I mean, when you look at Chicago, for example, like I think Ryan Poles is a really good executive. But for what seemingly is like the tenth time in a row, the young quarterback is going to go into Chicago with a quarter with a head coach who's kind of a yep. sitting duck, right? And we saw that with John Fox. We saw that with Matt Nagy. We're going to see that with Matt Eberflus. So I don't think that that's particularly great. Um, you look in New England. I like Gerard Mayo. I think he had a great career in New England. Um, but they didn't really do the cleaning house that they wanted to in New England, and, and they don't even have a general manager there. So <laughs> that one's not necessarily all that sturdy. And I know Washington fans maybe wanted Ben Johnson, but uh, Dan Quinn's not uh, anybody to sniff at. Now, uh, actually, Thomas Dimitrov, who used to be Dan Quinn's boss, mm-hmm. my, he's now my boss, um, <laughs> had me go through and actually look at defensive head coaches who in their first stint, now this is not That's Dan Quinn's two. first stint, um, but defensive coaches who took a quarterback with their first pick, um, it doesn't always go that well, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So that's one thing to think about 
Um, but I think Quinn, you know, has been through the fire a little bit. He's obviously been to a Super Bowl. Uh, I do agree with you that among the guys who are pick, who are picking at the top of the draft, and again, it's got to be fun for Washington fans to think this way because of how bad it's been for the last 20, 30 years. Um, but I do think Washington has the best. It's the cleanest slate. I'll say that much. For sure, for sure. And I think one, one thing that you mentioned that I, I totally agree with here, there's a, there, the, the slate being clean is like, a, a massive, massive difference in the situation in Chicago. And I keep talking about Justin Fields and championing for this young man, Eric, because I feel like he's got all of the tools that you want in today's NFL starting quarterback. It's just the lack of continuity in Chicago has really hurt this young man. Before we brought you on, Eric, I tossed around the idea of Washington potentially giving up pick number 36 to Chicago and bringing Justin Fields here in that scenario. Do you see Justin Fields being able to hit the ground running based on what I talked about with Brian Johnson is the real one to me. I look at Justin Fields very similar to Jalen Hurts in terms of the ceiling and, and how good he could potentially be. Yeah, Fields is a weird case because if you're the Bears, you absolutely should take a quarterback with one of the first three picks. Uh, you should, if you can trade back to one, two, or three, perfect, or two or three, perfect. But the, it doesn't mean that Justin Fields has gotten a fair shake. It doesn't mean that he's bad. It just means that given the way the contracts work, you should take a quarterback. Uh, and that's, I think, one thing that Bears fans don't really understand. It's not that... Maybe I don't Justin, understand either, Eric, because help, help us so, understand the contract situation. So, so if, Fields, if you stick with Fields for another year and he plays awesome, think about Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones was pretty good in 2022. Mm-hmm. He won a playoff game in Minnesota, and he was very good in that game. He ran the ball really well. He distributed the ball really well. And the going rate for him is $40 million a year. And I know everybody looks at that and is like, oh, my God. If Justin Fields plays well this year, the Bears are going to have to give him $40 million a year. And so I think the question is, is for a quarterback who has probably been conservatively $25 million to $30 million, which is pretty – like, yeah. I'm not saying he's been trash. He's not he's – not, uh, uh, he's not – he hasn't been terrible. In right. fact, um, but, like – if you're if you're going and say like you take Caleb Williams and he's 25 to 30 million and he's making 10, from an economic standpoint you're 15 million surplus. Yeah. If Fields is earning that much on the field but he's pay, getting paid 40, you're at a deficit. And so it just amounts to and again this is I'm try, I, I feel bad for Fields because during the part of the, his career where he could have been a surplus, the Bears did such a horrible <laughs> job of building around him where he couldn't win. And then when he you know, when he is making big boy dollars, it, it, it was kind of in this situation where there was no place for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, that's where, so again, I, it does, when I say the Bears should move on from Fields, it's not saying that Fields is bad or that he should, uh, or that he played terribly early on or there's no place for him in the league. What it means is economically, the Bears are going from a guy even if they're the same player, yeah. one guy from league rules is making ten million, and the other guy from the way the league is structured is going to be making forty-five million, and that—that's just that's the hard, cold, hard economics but, of the whole thing. The only thing that that I give pushback to Eric on that, and I, I agree with everything you said, and I think this is where the Giants messed up last year. And if you look through the details of Daniel Jones' contract, there's an early out in there, if I'm not mistaken. Is there, is there a scenario where you can play contract gymnastics with Justin Fields and maybe play hardball and not just submit to $40 million annually? I understand, 
you're, you're basing that off of what Daniel Jones did last year, but it still is only one year of production. And I was totally against Philadelphia, giving Jalen Hurts the bag after just one yeah. year. They're going to start feeling that sooner rather than later. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, but that's, but that's the whole point, though. The, the existence of Daniel Jones means that Justin Fields is agent, Jalen Hurts is agent, like, you know, and Jordan Love's agent. Like, Jordan right, Love's right. going to be a $50 million quarterback for half a season of awesome play. Yeah. Like, that, that's the cold heart. And so, like, yeah, we have to blame Daniel Jones' agent for this <laughs> because he ruined it for everybody else. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, there is an out. But, again, like, if you're already – and I said this about the Ryan Tannehill deal, too. I was like, Tannehill was awesome and took the Titans to the AFC Championship game in 2019 – and when he signed his deal, we're all thinking about the, 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 the fastest way the Titans can get out of it. And I'm thinking, back the truck up. If <laughs> Kirk Cousins and, and if you're signing Kirk Cousins and Tannehill, and, and the first thing all of us the analysts are thinking about is what's the easiest way to get out of the deal? Should you even be signing it? <laughs> you know? And, right. and so, again, like, now, look, if, if he goes to Pittsburgh or Washington or – uh, Atlanta, like I think he'd love Atlanta. You know, he's from here and all, or he's from Georgia. And like, mm-hmm. if he comes to Atlanta or something like that, and he plays really well, like, you know, that'd be awesome. Um, I, you know, I, I'd, I'd be rooting for him. I just think, with respect to Chicago, it's yeah. probably over, just given the opportunity cost of having the first pick. Now, for Washington, look, like if you can get Fields for the second for your second round pick and trade the second pick to the Vikings or, you know, the, a team that really wants to, Atlanta, a yeah. team that wants to move up and, and give you all that capital. The Raiders maybe, to me, yeah. yeah the t- what I said to Bears fans, I'm like, look, if you can trade your first pick and get another, another one and get another two and another three, it doesn't even matter who your quarterback is. There's going to be too <laughs> much talent on that team right. for you to fail. If you're Washington, you at least have to consider that because it might not even matter how good Fields is or how much money he makes. If you if you put enough first rounders around him, yeah. it might it might work. It's interesting, man. That's why this offseason is going to be so fun, as you put it, for Washington Commanders fans. Finally, there are a bunch of sensible options at the quarterback position that are right at your fingertips. You just got to make the right decision. Eric, we talked enough uh, about the Commanders quarterback situation. We talked about Chicago as well. Another quarterback debate that we're having here at the top of this class is Drake May versus Jaden Daniels and. Based on, you know, folks that you talk to around the National Football League and based on the homework, do you think it is as much of a toss-up as people are making it, or do you think there's a gap maybe between the two prospects? Um, I would say, like, I lean back and forth. So I'm a big-time person. You know, I was on you guys' show, and I was on every show about one week talking about Sam Howell and how I think if you have a hard time (laughs) avoiding sacks, it's hard for me to buy into you because generally speaking, if you're a young quarterback who plays right away, you're playing on a team that isn't very good. And if you're on a team that isn't, isn't very good, your offensive line isn't very good. And so you're going to be under pressure a lot, you know, so that, that, and Jaden Daniels in 2022 took a sack on 30% of pressure dropback. Wow. Now that got, that improved last year to 20 and Drake may last year was right around 20. So May's earlier career was better. So, like, that's one stat where I look at, and I'm like, if I ignored that, Jaden Daniels is much better than Drake May. Right. Um, so, the question becomes is how much of Drake May is last year, which wasn't as good as his previous year, and how much of Jaden Daniels was last year, which was much better than in the other previous year he was. Because Jaden Daniels last year 
was better than any quarterback season in the whole draft, and that includes Caleb Williams. Yeah, I agree. So I, that, that, that's the big question. The other thing, and one of my data scientists at Sumer was talking about this, is size. It, and not, not height, it's weight. Right. Um, you know, we talk about Chicago. Jim McMahon, you know, is one of the, the best quarterbacks in the 1980s. He could not stay healthier on the field because he was just so skinny. And, yeah. and, and uh, I worry about that with Daniels just because, you know, you need to be able to take hits in the NFL. The difference between Josh Allen and, and Joe Burrow is the fact that one guy can stay on the field and play when he's hurt. And the other guy, A, can't stay on the field as much, and B, when he's on the field and he's hurt, he doesn't play as effectively. And so, I, you know, Drake May is a much bigger person than, than Jaden Daniels. And, and, I, and I think about that. I also think Washington is not – it's not a cold-weather city the same way that, like, Buffalo or Minnesota yeah. or, or Green Bay are. Minnesota plays in a dome. But, like, but it's still, like, a, it's a city where you need to be able to play in cold weather. And I think about that from Drake May's perspective on a size. Uh, sort of situation. So I, I lean slightly May, but Jaden Jaden Daniels 2023 season is the best of any quarterback in this draft, and I think it deserves that respect. And and I think people have to look at that and and, and ask yourself, you know, is that production worth buying into? And I think a lot of people are saying yes. And 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 it's far be it for me to to scoff at that, given how good it was. Yeah. Something I took a lot of flack for yesterday, Eric, and I'll probably take some more flack for it when we let you off the line. Despite what you said about Sam Howell, I'm of the belief, right, that if you're trying to preach a sustained winning culture, it's got to be rooted in competition at every position, and that starts at the top. I want the lunch ladies competing for who's got the best filet. I want the janitors competing for whose floor is the tidiest. With that being said, right, am I cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs if I'm going to make whatever quarterback I bring in compete with Sam Howell? No. I I thought people were – Silly for getting after Urban Meyer for all his flaws for making Trevor Lawrence compete with Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew almost took the Colts to the playoffs this year. He's a real NFL quarterback. I and Sam Howell's a real NFL quarterback. I know I said he's a backup, and I think that that'll. But Sam Howell, you know, took a lot of beating this year and was like he was a, a quarterback. Like he did fine. Like you know, like I yeah, he should compete. I think Sam Howell is gonna. Like he probably will have just as good of a career as Jacoby Brissett, who we all love, right? Like, yeah. uh, no, I, I think he should be. And, and look, if Washington is, if they don't get lucky in free agency in the draft at offensive line, they should even start Howell the first few games of the wow. year just to make sure, just to make sure that their young guy doesn't get killed. Yeah. Eric, you bring measure, a measured approach to the program, my friend. We appreciate it as always. I'm going to let the people continue to yell at me, my friend. We'll do it again soon. Hey, it's, it's, it's great to be on. I, I enjoy this every time. <laughs> yes, sir. That's Eric Eager, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you give him a follow on the old X app at Eric Eager underscore. He's the VP of SumerSports.com. The best in-class quantitative analysis aimed at creating precision in player acquisition and roster management throughout the National Football League. Always love talking ball with Eric, one of the smartest uh, dudes in NFL circles and a very measured approach. There's so many different ways that you could ultimately look at this quarterback position here in Washington and as we learned from Eric and learned from your calls as well, man, it's not a one-size-fits-all situation uh, coming up here in D.C. If you want to get back on the phones, wide open for you, 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, former Jets general manager Mike Tannenbaum 
listed a member of the Washington Commanders as his breakout performer for the 2024 season. Let you know that next here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Scrant Danny here on 106.7 The Fan. We're simulcasted on our sister station, the Team 980, and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 630 tonight, G&D. What are we calling it, Chris? Is this load management right now for Grant Daddy? Eric Eager had the line of the afternoon probably. He said, man, does that mean G&D aren't eligible for MVP because they're taking off on President's Day? I don't know. Those are the answers. Those are the answers that we need, man. Uh, We'll take you up to 630, as I mentioned. One final hour to go here on The Fan. We've been talking all things quarterback, man. We've been hot and heavy into all of Washington's different options they can exhaust at the quarterback position. We'll get back in the quarterback uh, top of the 6 o'clock hour. But right now, though, it's going through sifting, searching for content for the show. And there was this ESPN article that really, really, really got my attention. All the ESPN insiders, Seth Walder, Eric Moody, Matt Miller, Mike Tannenbaum, Field Yates, you name it, they were asked to give their pick for MVP next season, their early Super Bowl pick for next season, and one team, coach, or player who will break out in the 2024 season. So our pal Matt Bowen chose Tyreek Stevenson, Bears cornerback. Our guy, our guy Clay took Bryce, which is shocking to me, took Bryce Young and expects him to be the breakout candidate For 2024, Jeremy Fowler chose Trayvon Walker, former number one overall pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dan Graziano chose Roshan Johnson in Chicago. 
Him and Khalil Herbert getting busy last year, so I understand that one. Matt Miller going with my MVP candidate for next year, people. Jordan Love. I love what the Packers are. I love Dontavion Wicks. I love their receiving core. It's a good unit, and Jordan Love's going to continue to ascend. So Matt Miller chose him as his breakout player. Our pal Jordan Reed chose Anthony Richardson, the Colts quarterback. And then there's former Jets general manager Mike Tannenbaum. And I love Mike Tannenbaum. I love him when he's giving love to the burgundy and gold. Mike Tannenbaum had the opportunity to sift through every coach in the NFL, every team in the NFL, and every player in the NFL for a breakout player. He chose Emmanuel Forbes, first-round pick last year, for the Washington Commanders. And the explanation goes as follows. After an up-and-down season, I expect this undersized, six-foot, 180-pound corner to thrive in new coach Dan Quinn's defense. Forbes had one interception and nine pass breakups in 2023, but he had six picks in his final season at Mississippi State. If you've listened to overtime since Dan Quinn and company have been hired, anytime I talk about players that stand to benefit the most from those cats getting to town, I continue to point at Emmanuel Forbes. And here's why. And it's not just about Dan Quinn coming here to Washington. It's Dan Quinn. It's Joe Witt. It's Jason Simmons. Anyone coming from Dallas, I trust them with this secondary. I continue to talk about what Joe Witt and Dan Quinn did the past three years with lesser-named talent. In Dallas, six-round pick in Deron Plant and Deron Bland was a defensive player of the year candidate this past year. Jaron Curse, a former fourth-round pick. Damone Clark, a former fifth-round pick. They get the most out of the talent. That is what this defensive coaching staff was known for when they were in Dallas. It gets me thinking the same opportunity is possible here in Washington. And I know this is maybe a long shot comparison or some football junkies out there might think that Forbes was a better prospect. I keep comparing him to Trayvon Diggs. You think about the question marks about Trey Diggs coming out of Alabama. It was size. Would he be physical enough in the run game? Would he be willing to stick his face in there and tackle people? That mattered for him. There wasn't a whole lot of question marks about his ball skills because he was a converted wide receiver, because we saw him have success at the collegiate level of that position. We knew he had ball skills. But it was up to Dan Quinn and that Dallas coaching staff to have a plan for how they would use Trayvon Diggs. And I think that same plan should be implemented this time around uh, when it comes to Emmanuel Forbes. They are eerily similar when it comes to their skill set and who they are as prospects. Mike Tannenbaum, though, giving major flowers and major kudos to Emmanuel Forbes. And the one thing that kind of concerns me, though, I might add, and I think Emmanuel Forbes, let me not say I think, I pray (laughs) that Emmanuel Forbes is able to turn around his career because last year was a rough start for him, man. I never never liked the idea of benching him, especially when you're trying to keep the confidence level afloat of a young defensive back playing a position that you need the utmost confidence to play. I didn't agree with them benching him last year. But the one thing, the one area this year where I will have some pause and some concern is will he be physical in the running game? 
Will he get bigger, faster, stronger this offseason? Because I'm telling you, he probably wakes up in cold sweat thinking about what A.J. Brown did to him. I would, too. I can't blame the kid. How can Dan Quinn and Joe Witt and company improve Emmanuel Forbes? Because while I look at him as a potential breakout candidate based on the coaching staff, I still have my reservations. Just because Dan Quinn is here doesn't mean Emmanuel Forbes is all of a sudden going to be able to tackle. And with and if you watch the Dallas Cowboys play football, to play defensive back in their secondary, you got to be a junkyard dog and be willing to stick your face in there and make tackles and run fit and be a support and help in the run game. Emmanuel Forbes can have all the ball skills in the world. You can be as tough as all outdoors. Is he physically capable of holding up for 17 weeks? It's another question mark I have with him. He missed games this year due to injury. So, I don't know. It's a real question mark for me. If I was Mike Tannenbaum, I probably wouldn't have chosen a commander as my breakout for the year. It would have seemed like, a, like I was biased. But every time we have this conversation, there are three names I bring up. I bring up Forbes just because he's a first-round corner. I bring up four guys, actually. I bring up Forbes. I bring up his draft mate from last year, Quan Martin, who really started to come on at the end of last year and may end up making Cameron Curl expendable. We'll see what happens with that. I bring up those two guys. I bring up the Tasmanian devil, Jamin Davis. I have huge expectations for him. If he can get the legal the legal situation handled this offseason and he's not going to have to face jail time and they don't cut him or anything crazy like that, could you imagine what he could do in Dan Quinn's defense? Could you imagine the plan they could potentially execute with him, asking him to do a little bit less and think a little bit less so he could just play football? That's the thing that kills me about Jamin, man. It's never about his physical ability and whether or not he's got the tools to do it. Everything with him and all of his issues since we've drafted him, it felt like, have been from the neck up. That big play that busted off against the New England Patriots, was it Ramondre Stevenson that went 65 yards because Jamin Davis didn't do his damn job? Not because he's not physically capable of doing the job. He's got too much to think about. Maybe this coaching staff, the previous regime, put too much on his plate. If Dan Quinn and company can simplify things for Jamin and create and carve out a role for him from a height, weight, speed standpoint, doesn't get much better when it comes to a modern-day National Football League linebacker. It's up to this coaching staff, though, to get the most out of him. Another cat that I constantly talk about when we have the conversation of who stands to benefit from this new coaching staff, a guy that a lot of you all wrote off last year. And I got frustrated with his play as well. The Frenchman. Benjamin St. Juice. 6'2", 225. Long as all outdoors. Can run with the best of them. Can change directions well. It's a big physical corner. That really fits the mold of what Dan Quinn and company are looking for at that position. I can't wait to see what Joe Witt Jr. and what Jason Simmons do with this cat. Because just like with Jamin, with Benjamin St. Juice, from a height, weight, speed standpoint, he was built in a damn laboratory in terms of what you want 
in your modern-day NFL cornerback. We'll see, though, what ultimately happens with this defense. My big takeaway from last week's presser, man, Joe Witt speaking, putting goosebumps on my arms and making the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. There's a lifestyle, and I'm trying to get the quote exactly. We'll play it for you probably coming back from the break, but there's a certain way, there's a certain mentality you got to have to play defense here in Washington. And the hope is they're able to instill that sooner rather than later. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, more quarterback discussion here on The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Lister Lounge. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. It's Grant Daddy here on 106.7 The Fan. We're simulcasted on our sister station, the Team 980. A lot to get to. A lot that we've gone through here to this point in the program. I want to give a big shout-out to our pal Eric Eager, who joined us in the middle of that 5 o'clock hour, giving us his thoughts on what Washington should do with the quarterback situation. Chris, if you got the cut ready, one thing if you tapped in overtime yesterday here on the fan, the big emphasis that I'm trying to harp on here is that, look, while, yes, Washington has the number two overall pick, and that is probably the easiest way to acquire a quarterback, it's not a linear situation. It's not a one-size-fits-all situation in terms of what Washington will eventually do at the quarterback position. And the reason I'm going so hard about it now is when you think about it, right? During the hiring process of the head coach, everything was whisper quiet over there in Ashburn. They're not really tipping their hand as to which direction they're going to go on major decisions. It is a brand new unit over there that are keeping things close to the vest. I also think they're probably keeping things close to the vest at the quarterback position as well, meaning you got to go back and look at the track record and history of the decision maker to get a little bit of a lean as to which way they could potentially go. I talked about it earlier in the show. Adam Peters 
the current architect here in Washington, built two different Super Bowl teams in San Francisco. One quarterbacked by Jimmy Garoppolo, one quarterbacked by Brock Purdy. In between those, they gave up the farm to go and acquire Trey Lance in 2021. So Adam Peters has seen it done every which way. The question is, what did he learn from all of those decisions? And which one does he like the best? And I'll go out on a limb and say, based on what happened the last time he traded up for a quarterback, that's probably not the way he's going to go. Now, that's still pure speculation, but just based on the track record, my number one preference, which is trading up for Caleb, I can admit they probably won't do that based on what happened with Trey Lance. That's just a hunch, though. But one thing that Adam Peters knows is that you do not need a first-round quarterback to come in and have success. Even if they do go the option of a first-round quarterback, though, to me, if you're serious about breeding competition, if you're serious about instilling a sustained winning culture, that's got to be rooted in competition from the top down. From the top down, from ownership, from the coaching staff, to the season ticket reps, everyone's got to compete. Everyone's got to compete. And the one thing about quarterback, the one thing about quarterback that's interesting when you look at the track record and data over recent years, every fan base, when you go out and scour Twitter, every fan base gets annoyed. When you bring up the idea, right, of the incumbent starter at quarterback competing with whoever the team drafts. And we've seen a couple of different instances over the past several years with teams making their rookie quarterback earn and compete for the job. You saw it in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. C.J. Stroud had to compete with Davis Mills this past preseason. It happens across the NFL And I think the teams ultimately are better off for it. This is a violent, dangerous game that these dudes go out there and play. You have to be wired just a little bit differently to have success in the National Football League. It's a sport that's made for gladiators, man. And because of the violent, physical nature of this sport, because of how difficult it is to earn a job, I think the best teams across the NFL have competition at every position. You got to be rooted in competition from the top down. But that being said, if I was the Washington Commanders and they chose to go quarterback number two overall or they chose to trade up to number one even for a quarterback or if they trade back up into the first round to take a late round, uh, to take a late first round quarterback to get that fifth year control, no matter what, scenario and circumstance happens this year at quarterback, if it was my organization, if it was my football team, I'm having whoever I bring in compete with Sam Howell. That's just fair. That's what real organizations do, man. You preach competition at every position. I just hope that this current regime, I hope you fans out there have learned from the mistakes of the previous regime. Why in the hell are we in this position that we're in right now? Huh? 
Why are we still searching for an answer at quarterback? Why is that? Because the last guy in charge refused to promote competition at the game's most important position. Dwayne Haskins got anointed starting quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick was anointed the starter. Carson Wentz was anointed the starter. And this past year, after 11 career damn completions, Sam Howell was anointed the starter. You got to learn. You got to learn from your mistakes. At some point in time, you got to learn from your mistakes. It would be organizational malpractice, in my opinion, for whoever they draft, for whoever they bring in, to have them not compete. There's only probably a handful of quarterbacks out there in the NFL that shouldn't have to compete for their job, and we know who they are. Some hotshot rookie coming out of college, that isn't, the, that isn't the scenario for me, especially when you consider what they're coming into. If it's a Caleb Williams, if it's a Drake May, if it's a Jaden Daniels. Take a quick time out. When we come back, I'll continue to tell you why it's way, way premature to be writing Sam Howell off in the commander's quarterback conversation. That's next on The Fan. Grant Danny, one final segment here on 106.7 The Fan. We're simulcasted over on the Team 980 as well. It's the youngest in charge movement, Liddell Willingham. Taking you up to 630, as Byron mentioned, we got Hokies basketball coming up on the fan. Tech versus UVA. Make sure you keep it locked on the fan all night long to hear our coverage of that. Want to continue to talk quarterback, though. We didn't get to this until the final segment of the show, and I guess that's fitting uh, because we spent so much time on it yesterday. If you were tapped in overtime, man, all in all, I keep saying the same thing. There's just so many ways they can exhaust quarterback, talking about the burgundy and gold. And it feels like as we get closer to the decision being made, as we get closer to the combine out in Indianapolis next week, anything's possible. Anything's possible. And one thing that I feel like we haven't talked about a ton, I guess I haven't mentioned it on the show at all here today, we may get a little bit of insight tomorrow. So last week, the... New coordinators were introduced. Joe Witt Jr. and Cliff Kingsbury were officially introduced in front of the D.C. media. They had a press conference. They took questions. It's where Joe Witt stole the damn show. (laughs) But those two guys aren't the only new members of the coaching staff. The special teams coordinator, Larry Izzo, uh, as well as the rest of the assistants on the staff will be made available to the media tomorrow in Ashburn starting at 430. So expect a bunch of new sound bites, a bunch of new crazy comments and quotes uh, about what the team plans to do uh, on both sides of the football moving forward. I'm personally excited to hear from Brian Johnson, the former Philadelphia Eagles uh, offensive coordinator and former quarterbacks coach there in Philadelphia as well. Because I think, as we talked about earlier, he's got a huge role. A lot of the times when we talk about this coaching staff, we continue to highlight Cliff Kingsbury, Uh, Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach, uh, as well as uh, Anthony Lynn, who was brought in to be the run game coordinator and the running backs coach. Keep talking about those guys. The one name on offense that I have so much intrigue towards and about is Brian Johnson. Think about the way he was being talked about this time last year. There were thoughts of him potentially being a head coach. 
and making a super sizable jump in salary, in role, in title. You look at what Jalen Hurts did last year. A lot of folks across league circles credit Brian Johnson for that. It was also the same cat that developed Dak Prescott at Mississippi State. Why do you think he was able to hit the ground running here? So I am super intrigued by Brian Johnson. I know we brought up Justin Fields earlier. Him in this offense, whatever version of this offense we get with Cliff Kingsbury and Anthony Lynn, Bobby Johnson, and Brian Johnson, whatever they put their minds together to create, I would love Justin Fields fit in it. Just based on the track record of Brian Johnson and Bobby Johnson, working with mobile quarterbacks in the past. Cliff Kingsbury has worked with mobile quarterbacks in the past. Gotta love Justin Fields' tools. You gotta love Justin Fields' tools. Even if, though, Washington makes the decision, right, to part ways with one of their two second-round picks, and they send that to Chicago, and they bring in Justin Fields, under that scenario, I would still be banging on the table for a quarterback competition. For whatever reason, it feels like my colleagues, the members of the fan base, even some national pundits around the NFL, a lot of folks have written off one slinging Sammy Howe. And I understand the way the back half of last year went. And I know how the offense looked when Jacoby Brissett was thrust in there. But, but, I would add this. And I said it yesterday on OT if you were tapped in. I'm the biggest Eric Bieniemy backer there is. I wanted him to work here. I still scratch my head and am puzzled as to why it didn't work here. But even with me being a, that big of a fan of EB, getting the chance to take a step back now that we're in the offseason and we're not judging these guys on a week-to-week basis, Sam Howell was put in position to fail. Sam Howell was not set up for success. Sam Howell is a product of Ron Rivera's inconsistent decision-making. Sam Howell is a lame-duck quarterback, or was last year, when he honestly shouldn't have been thrust into that situation. Fifth-round kid with 11 completions was handed the job. And you all remember the month of August. I was beating on my chest saying, look, the best quarterback should play. What is it, about six, seven months later, I got the same sentiments. I don't care if they draft a quarterback number two overall. He's got to compete with Sam Howell. Unless this new coaching staff, unless this new front office, unless this new regime is a bunch of frauds, they better better enforce a quarterback competition. And here's why. If you want to build a sustained winning culture, everything's got to be rooted in competition. Everything has got to be to get us better. Let's just say Washington ends up with Jaden Daniels. And you throw him out there to the Wolves behind a bad offensive line. And he then creates bad habits along the way. And what if that damage becomes irreparable? Then what? That's why, to me, you only play a rookie quarterback week one. If he's ready. You get that? If he's ready. 
And once again, like I said earlier, there's got to be an unwavering conviction about whether he's ready or not. Because the risk is far too great when it comes to throwing a young signal caller out there prematurely and creating bad habits that sometimes aren't correctable. That's just the reality of the situation. You saw this exact scenario happen with Geno Smith with, when he was with the Jets. You saw how well his second act went in Seattle. Because he had time to sit back and learn. He's, he's the best case scenario, talking about Geno. The habits that he created, he was able to overcome them. He was able to reverse them. You run that risk when you just throw a guy out there. And I had someone tweet at me earlier. They were like, dude, you're the same guy that your preference is to trade up for Caleb Williams. You would still sit Caleb Williams? Even if you traded up the farm for him, you would still force a quarterback competition? My answer, 110% yes. 110% I would still force a quarterback competition. Because let's look at Caleb Williams for what he is. While I believe in the talent, I also know the shortcomings that he has in his game. With that being said, right, maybe he's the type of prospect that is better off sitting back and breaking his bad habits. It's very similar to the Pat Mahomes situation. People will say, whoa, they had Alex Smith and they had Andy Reid. We have Sam Howe. We have Cliff Kingsbury. We have Brian Johnson. We have Anthony Lynn. We have the perfect infrastructure for a young quarterback to come in and develop. And we also have a quarterback in Sam Howell who started 16 games last year and knows what it's like and knows what it takes to compete at this level. So even if he doesn't end up being your long-term answer, dude, you got to force a competition. How, how, How could it hurt you? That's my only thing. Take your calls on this if you got them. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Would you be upset if the Washington Commanders decided to let Sam Howell compete for the starting quarterback job next year? 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Let's go to Dre in Manassas. What's going on, Dre? Hey, my bad, man. Um, Are you good? I... I wouldn't mind somehow competing. Um, I think obviously he didn't get the, uh, I don't want to say a fair shot, but I, I don't think, I always believe a NFL quarterback, they're not necessarily born. They're molded in the classroom. Um, they're molded on the field by the training staff, by the coaches and stuff like that. And, you know, I don't necessarily think for whatever the reason, I don't want to say he didn't have a fair shot. He had a chance of most, that's more than most people got. But um, it, it, it did seem kind of like they could have handled it differently. Um, so, I, you know, I, I'm all for recruiting, um, selecting the quarterback and having him compete. Having said that, when I called originally, I was mm-hmm. calling to talk about um, your boy in USC. And, you know, the more I hear about you, I learned this fact, and you probably talked about it already. Mm-hmm. And one of the knocks coming up about Sam was that he, you know, he, he, he got sacked a lot in height in, in college. So, you know, should we – He's not doing anything differently. You played ball in high school. Your boy, Caleb Williams, I understood, has 30 fumbles. Not interceptions, because you probably can coach wrong interceptions, but mm-hmm. 30 fumbles. Yeah. Ball security is an issue with him. I give you that. And 
if if in, in football, you know, ball security is the number one priority in high school, in college. If you can't get that right in high school and college, 30 fumbles, that's that's some serious – That's a, I, I suspect when he goes to the combine, he's going to come at your boy, has some small hands, and he may he may <laughs> drop, man. 30 fumbles? That's I, – I, I can't fathom that, man. I, I don't see how he can be the number one overall pick when you got 30 fumbles. Um, that's like the most in college football, man. And I don't, I don't know if that gets enough play. So my that's whole two cents – I just I wouldn't I wouldn't draft him. Andre, good thing you're not the general manager, baby. Appreciate the call as always. One eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. It's number the Caleb Williams thing is interesting because look, as much as I champion for him, as much as I want Washington to trade up for him, I'm not an idiot, and I understand that there is no such thing as a perfect prospect. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. But for the fumbles. And the missed checkdowns that Caleb Williams has, his creativity that he plays with under center and in the gun, chef's kiss. We haven't seen anything like it since Pat Mahomes. And for all of the people out there that, that think the Caleb to Pat Mahomes comparison is a hyperbole, okay, I don't see how. There's no way you go back and watch Caleb's tape from this past year in the year prior and say, man, that don't look like Pat. Dropping the arm angle, creating off schedule, making plays with his feet. And then I keep saying, it's the best way I could put it, the creativity that he has from inside the pocket, outside the pocket, his ability to navigate within the pocket, it's, it's, it's second to none, man. The kid's got all the tools. It's about putting him in a situation where they can hone all of that in. That's the one thing I would say about Caleb is you don't want to take away his best ability. And that's the one, the one thing that Andy Reid and company, I thought, did a phenomenal job of. They did not take away Pat Mahomes' greatest strength. They built up his weaknesses. Because while he could play from within the pocket, as good as anyone can now in the NFL, he still makes a living making plays off schedule. It's his greatest strength. It's his greatest asset. And in today's day and age, you got to be able to make the off-schedule place to succeed in this league. I think Caleb does it far better than anyone else in this class. And that's why I'd probably pull the trigger on him, no matter what it costs. Let's go to Andy and Sterling. Lanell, how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How you doing? Hey, man, uh, with all due respect to your previous caller, Robert, mm-hmm. he's a knucklehead. He has no idea. Granted, we're both quarterback scouts laying on our couch and making these, um, these calculations or decisions on what makes a good NFL quarterback. He was comparing um, Sam Howell to Drake May. Drake May is what, 6'5", 230. Sam Howell is maybe 6'1", 210. Um, Drake May has probably the, most, uh, the strongest arm coming out of this draft. He reminds me of Justin Herbert. Andy, I hate to cut you off, my friend. We're up against the clock. Appreciate all the love this afternoon. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP to keep the conversation going with me on the old Twitter app. Hokies basketball coming up next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.